Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome and good morning, Real Presence Radio Land. You're, uh, you're in for a... Uh, Two hours of Real Presence Live, which is going to be two hours of COVID-free listening. Your, your, your hosts for today are Jack and Doreen Kennelly, and we're happy to be with you. We're broadcasting from uh, the studios here in Fargo. It's a nice day in Fargo. I can't speak for the rest of our, our listening area. At least it looks like a nice day in Fargo. We are coming off a record low last night, so I think some people might take exception to that. But uh, the sun is out, and it's a beautiful day, and so we'll just call it you know, another day the Lord has made, so let's take advantage of it. And uh, I think we, can, uh, we should start with a prayer. And I have a little morning prayer here by Deacon Jim Hunt who is uh, in the Diocese of Fargo, and he's at the parish in Hankinson. So let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most loving Father, at times we may feel you have forgotten us because of the difficulties and spiritual desolation we experience. However, the opposite is true. You withhold your favor so that we may grow in our love, dependence, and trust in you rather than on the blessings that you let fall from your hands. Keep us faithful to our prayer times with you each day. Then lead us wherever you would have us go for our good and for the good of others. In Jesus' holy name and in the Holy Spirit, sustain us, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, Dreen, we have... Uh, you, why don't you, you got a joke for us? You want, to start, you want to start with one of your jokes? Well, I want to start with a joke, but it's for our first guest. Oh, okay. Do you want to introduce our first guest? Well, I I think we can do that. Don, are you ready to go? Yes, I am. Good morning. Yes, for our listeners, uh, we're we're speaking with Don Kinsler, who is a... uh, an expert on lawn and gardening. I'm not exactly sure what your official title would be, Don, but I know that uh, I think we've had you on before, and I know you're also a, a popular guest on other radio programs as well. So, uh, And I know that at this time of the year, lawn and gardening is a big topic, and there are a lot of people who are uh, waiting to hear what you have to say today. Yes, well, good morning. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, And I'm with North Dakota State University Extension. I'm the horticulture agent for Cass County. Okay, that's great. Okay, well, Doreen has got a riddle for you, I think. I do. Yeah, let's hear it. I'm curious. You have my my curiosity peaked. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Here's the question. Why do melons have weddings? Uh, now, uh, I'll let you do the punchline, but that's one of my favorite gardening jokes. You already know the joke? <laughs> Go ahead <laughs> well, yes. and give the, give the, okay. give the well, answer. All right, uh, or a, a variation of this. <laughs> Why don't watermelons ever get married? Because they can't elope. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> Good boy. job. Oh, boy. Well, try another try one. Another let, one? Let's okay. see how smart this guy okay. really is. All right, this is... This is a little, well, maybe not out of North Dakota horticulture. What happened when the grape stepped, when the grape was stepped on? 
Ah, I have not heard this one. Uh, tell us. He let out a little whine. <laughs> good. good. I'll, I'll, I'll write that one down. I'll okay. use that. I'll, I'll use that in some of my material. Thank you. Our thank you gift to you. Thanks. <laughs> in my past life, I was a lawyer, and I'm used to a lot of bad jokes like that too. But you were so polite to laugh at that one, Don. Thank you very much. No, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. I will, use, I will use that. Yeah, <laughs> little wine. Yeah, all right. Doreen did her research again on, uh, yes, on the jokes. Great. Yes. Um, the first question that we have for you this morning, Don, comes from western part of the state, our western listening audience, where they are struggling with drought. And the question has to do with um, the proper way to prepare your yard to be reseeded, you know, the grass reseeded, and what you know time of year and, and how to care for that. So... That's kind of out of the blue question, but if you wouldn't mind answering it, I think a lot of people... Sure, absolutely. All right, a couple of things. Uh, There are two times of year that lawn seeding can be done. September works beautifully before September 15th, and May works very, very well. Uh, The soil temperature needs to get to about 50 to 55 degrees before our lawn seed will sprout. And the best lawn seed for uh, most of North Dakota is uh, Kentucky bluegrass and its named varieties. So check the seed label for at least 50% of Kentucky bluegrass named cultivars. Okay, start with that. Uh, And then the timing for seeding, again, is generally the first half of May when the soil temperature warms sufficiently. Otherwise, the sparrows just peck away at your your seed. Okay. And so in preparation of a lawn, uh, now it doesn't, um, if you're reseeding an existing lawn that got thin or whatever, you don't have to totally till it up. It doesn't have to be totally black. You can kind of seed into the stubble, kind of an almost a no-till operation. So give it a good thorough raking, uh, and then grass seed gets uh, distributed on the surface and just raked in. It does not get planted deeply into the soil. And the number one um, determining factor for success is keeping that soil surface moist uh, for at least a couple of weeks, two to three weeks, uh, which may require watering twice a day, um, and keep it... um, uh, keep it good and moist. And so those would be the key components. Oh, thank you so much. So ground temperature, May, uh, a light raking if or raking, and then um, scattering the seed and then keeping it watered. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks a lot, Don, too, for putting this into May because you gave me an opportunity to put mine off for at least a few more days. <laughs> But he can start raking, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And of course, much of the much of North Dakota is quite dry. Now, I was born and raised in Lisbon, uh, and came to Fargo, you know, forty some years ago for college, and kind of stayed here. So the soil types across the state do vary quite a bit. Uh, but generally, when we water established lawns, of course, water deeply, you know, instead of frequent light sprinklings, like you need to do when you're establishing grass seed. But instead of that, you know, since we are so dry across the state, anytime you do water anything, water deeply to get it to soak down instead of frequent light sprinklings. Oh, thank you. Is is there much of a difference? You see, sometimes you'll see uh, grass that says for shade, another for sun or for both. Uh, do you have any recommendation one way or other? Or, or is that really... Yes, there are, there are two general grass uh, types uh, that are well adapted across our whole region, and they are the Kentucky bluegrass 
cultivars that I mentioned. That's the primary sun and part sun, part shade. And then the other component uh, that should be in most lawn seed uh, blends are the fescues, such as creeping red fescue. That is a shade-tolerant grass. So many of the uh, well-adapted grass seed mixes will have 50% Kentucky bluegrass varieties and then a component of fescue, creeping red fescue. If you're total shade, then uh, go a greater balance of creeping red fescue. Okay. How do you spell fescue? Fescue, F E S. C-U-E. Oh, I got it. I tell you, that, that <laughs> creeping part makes it sound kind of sinister. It? <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, but creeping, uh, you know, it means it fills in well. How's that? Great. Well, that, there you go. Yeah, as opposed to taking over your yard like some uh, invasive plants can do. Precisely. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, now, uh, as a Catholic horticulturist, you know, can you talk about that a little bit? Like, how do you see, does your faith come into your work, you know, Absolutely. And, of course, the faith there is the key word. And, of course, what I, what I enjoy thinking about is, you know, gardening, horticulture is so basic to our, even exist, our, our uh, entire existence because, of course, Adam and Eve, I suppose we could consider our first gardeners, our first horticulturists. Of course, unfortunately, they decided to harvest the wrong tree when they, when they were picking apples. Uh, but, you know, gardening is so basic, you know, just to our existence. And when you think about gardening, you know, faith uh, plays a, a tremendous uh, part of that. Um, you know, we plant a seed, and, you know, we have, we have faith that it's going to come up. Uh, when we prune, you know, uh, pruning, uh, when we rejuvenate, like a, an old lilac, uh, we cut it all the way down to six inches above ground level, we have faith that it's going to come back. Uh, the other thing that I enjoy so much is how God uses science as a part of this whole thing. You know, God has a, a wonderful uh, scientific uh, method through which he works, you know, photosynthesis, photosynthesis you know, the, uh, just the way that uh, the plants grow and the whole, you know, science behind it all, it's really quite extraordinary. Yeah, I tell you, in my case, it's a matter of, yes, I do have faith when I plant the seed, but then again, I do have experience, too, of a few years behind me. And, you know, so it's interesting, you know, we, and oftentimes we take the things for granted, um, you know, that really, uh, you know, okay, uh, kind of a, a funny example, but you, you mow your lawn, you have faith that it's going to grow back, you know, mm-hmm. and of course, I mean, there's photosynthesis, you know, behind it, but yet there's there's still that spark of life that's kind of the unknown, uh, you know, uh, science explains many things, can go all the way back and explain many, many things, you know, tremendously. But, you know, we still have faith that there's that uh, spark of life inside, you know, that allows your lawn to grow back. In so, yeah, absolutely, you know, uh, faith in all of this is just absolutely part and parcel. It, it's science, but it seems like that science, as you're talking, makes me think it kind of draws us into a mystery, too. You know, that mystery of life that we can witness in, in Absolutely, and it's uh, so wonderful the way that that all works together. The other thing that I love about gardening that is so important, too, is it teaches us patience. Uh, you know, things don't happen immediately. We, we plant, it takes 
time, and so it teaches uh, the the virtue of patience and also quietness. Uh, you know, working out in the uh, in the yard, in the lawn, garden, it it teaches us to be quiet. You know, especially if you take the earbuds out and you know leave the uh, everything else and, and just quietly garden. Uh, that is awesome. And uh, you know, so there's a lot that can be, lots that can be had uh, from gardening. You know, Don, um, a book club that I'm in—it's actually a national slash international book club. Just read the book, *The Hiding Place*, the uh, story of Corey Ten Boom and her sister Betsy, who ended up in Ravensbrück, a concentration camp for women. Anyway, they um, or Corey after um, the war. Invited people, she took care of people who had suffered in concentration camps. And one thing they did was garden. Can you speak to how how that would be uh, an appropriate thing for people who had just suffered the way they suffered, you know, being treated inhumanely? Um, how gardening might help? Yes, because uh, you know, caring for a plant, which is awfully dependent on you. You know, if you think of a little seedling or even a little tomato plant that you set out. It's uh, quite dependent on you, you know, and certainly God, nature, etc. But it's dependent on you. And so, uh, you know, caring for something and seeing it grow, uh, seeing it be dependent on you and to see your efforts work with that plant uh, very much. And just, again, the quietness Mm -hmm. of a person, quietness of you, nature, the plants, uh, and just it all works together, and absolutely, there are books written on healing type gardening and how uh, restorative it is. Mm. That nurturing, it sounds like you're saying, you know, it gives us an opportunity. Oh, absolutely, to and, and there, there are huge. Uh, this is, would be for a whole another program, but uh, there are studies showing that if hospital rooms have a view of landscaping, flowers, etc., outdoors, those people require uh, similar surgery. Uh, they, they require, I'm almost finished with this concept, um, they, they uh, require less pain medication, you know, et cetera. So absolutely, you know, that curative is and restorative. Yeah. Yes. That would be a topic for a whole other program. It would be. <laughs> yes, write that down. Yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm not surprised either, though, because when you're talking about, you know, doing you know to take off your headphones or take out your earbuds and do it in silence you can kind of see that there's a, a, a sort of therapeutic or meditative aspect you know to gardening and uh you know i i think absolutely and there's just something so basic uh with our humanity to working with the soil yeah mm-hmm. okay well we're coming up on a break uh, in about five seconds here but i know i want to re- uh, remind our listeners that you are listening to real presence live our guest is don kensler a horticulturalist from north dakota state university and your hosts today are myself jack Kennelly, and my beautiful wife doreen we're happy to have you stay with us and we'll see you on the other side of this short break stay with us there's more real presence live to come on the real presence radio network Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, 
We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Honor your father by word and deed, that a blessing from him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love, and it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we, we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Okay, welcome back to Real Presence Live. And as he said, more inspirational and uplifting uh, broadcasting for you. Coming up, we've got Don Kinsler with us from North Dakota State University, the Horticultural Department. And we're talking about gardening and lawn care, which I think is really timely at this time of the year. We actually had a question called in that Dreen asked on in the first part of the first segment. And we usually don't get people asking us questions in advance. But when they heard you were coming, Don, they were ready for you. So uh, why don't you give us, uh, let's talk about just some tips that you would have for people who are, you know, you know, thinking about breaking the ground for the spring here. Yes. Now, of course, yeah, we had, what, record low overnight in, in Fargo here. And, you know, so it, it's been a cold couple of weeks. But, you know, uh, that doesn't discourage me because the, it's April. And it reminds us, these cold spells, it reminds us to wait. Uh, if, if I were to choose a 10-day window to do most of our spring planting, you know, put tomato plants out, you know, set, uh, do flowers, plant up your containers, uh, you know, do things so you don't have to keep moving them in and out on frosty nights. The 10-day uh, sweet spot for much of gardening is May 15th to the 25th. At that point, uh, most of our, uh, you know, frosts are uh, likely uh, less likely to happen. So May 15th to May 25th is a good gardening time. You see, if we do too much too early, we risk the frosts that are almost certainly to come yet. Um, but there are some things that we can kind of start with. Of course, uh, lawn work, you get the lawns raked, uh, give it an early mowing, things such as that. Now, fertilizing of lawns, uh, they've shown that the, the most effective time uh, to fertilize um, a lawn 
is after it's green and growing. You know, instead of putting it while the lawn is still half brown, instead fertilize in May, uh, even towards Memorial Day. The lawn is green and growing, and it's better able to utilize the nutrition that we give it instead of uh, applying too too early. Uh, so anyway, um, also... Some vegetable crops, if we, if we kind of get the itch to do some vegetable gardening, some things are called cool season vegetables that we can actually start planting because they like cool soil and they'll even take a little bit of frost. In that category are things like uh, peas, lettuce, uh, onions, uh, potatoes. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, radishes, we could get some of those going. And so we could do a little bit of early garden planting. Uh, warm season crops that are damaged, even if it gets close to 32 degrees, are the things like tomatoes and peppers. Uh, sweet corn needs a warm soil. Uh, and uh, squash, cucumbers, those should all wait until uh, the last half of May. Uh, pruning, we can still do lots of pruning if our shrubs need a little bit of, um, you know, tucking in. If they're getting kind of uh, unwieldy, we could do pruning now, preferably before they get too leafed out. I've seen um, a lot of branches around Fargo on boulevards. Yes. Like people have been doing pruning already. Even though it's been kind of chilly, mm-hmm. it, it has given us a longer window for pruning. Uh, and the reason for pruning when things are, are dormant or barely starting to grow is um, uh, the plant doesn't waste energy leafing out, and then we just cut off that material. Instead, you know, cut it off while it's still dormant, and then all the plant's energy can go into the new growth. How about transplanting, if you're going to transplant some um, perennials? Yes, transplanting perennials. Uh, 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 perennials are best transplanted when they're dormant or just starting to grow. Uh, now, a, a good question is, how do we know what time, because, you know, some things are transplanted, some perennials are transplanted in spring, others are done in fall. Uh, a good way to remember that is you uh, dig, divide, transplant in the season opposite their bloom time. Uh, oh. Here's a good example, peonies. Peonies bloom in the first half of the growing season, don't they? Uh, same with tulips. And so uh, if you want to dig, divide, peonies, tulips, etc., you do that in the fall, in September. Uh, if a perennial blooms in the fall, such as chrysanthemums, mumps, those you do in the spring. Um, a hosta, uh, you know, if you let hosta bloom, they generally bloom from uh, uh, middle of summer on. So hosta are done in the spring. So choose the the season opposite bloom time. And when dividing something like in the spring here, if you've got hosta that you'd like to divide, uh, just as they're barely starting to poke through a little bit, and then you know you're digging and dividing a live clump. So don't let them get into full expanded leaf, but just as soon as you see a little bit poking through the soil, then that's a good time to dig and divide. Okay, so uh, a real specific question. Hydrangeas, they kind of bloom in the... In, like in the middle of the summer or early summer? They do. And so uh, hydrangea, the Annabelle type with the great big white round flowers, uh, you can, uh, they're, they're actually kind of a woody shrub, mm-hmm. but they do get growth kind of sucker sprouts down around the base, and you can actually dig those out and start a new one. Oh. And, and that would be in the spring. Uh, or if you've got one that you need to move, uh, the spring would also be the time to do that. Oh, thank you. 
Yeah, thanks a lot, Don. I think you've just created some work for me on that very specific question. But it's it's good, good work. It yeah, is. It is. I think how he'll grow spiritually yes. doing this work. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. My, my reluctance as a gardener seems to be diminishing a little bit here today. <laughs> Oh, that's oh! Thank you so much for that specific. Well, I have a specific question too, and that is, how do you grow a big tomato? I I like big tomatoes. Dreen likes those little tiny grape-like ones, and so uh, my let's let's, when, let's talk about tomatoes. Uh, well, first of all, uh, tomatoes need warm soil, uh, and so that's why they don't. We shouldn't plant them out in the garden until the last half of May, until the soil's warm. Otherwise, they can actually languish and go downhill and don't recover. Uh, so start with either plants you've started yourself from seed or uh, ones from the garden center. Uh, choose the variety wisely. Um, for our, our main season tomatoes, when you look at the tag, it should say, uh, days to maturity of around 70 days. Um, and then you can look at, look at the, for the size, you know, large, uh, fruited, etc. cetera. Uh, but choose um, something that's like in the 70-day range. Uh, the early small ones are going to be like 50 to 60 days. The ones that are too late for our season are 90 to 100 days. So I want you to have your big tomatoes, uh, you know, in time so the frost so that fall frost doesn't get them. Uh, a couple of good ones that are my favorites, I like Big Beef. That has good disease resistance, ripens well in the middle of uh, summer, so you get good tomatoes. Uh, Celebrity is a nice one. Uh, so, But do look at the tag for the days to maturity, and don't select something that won't give you tomatoes until late September. Thank you so much, Don. I didn't even know the tag gave us the days to, um, yeah, yeah. to maturity. Uh, kind of, it's one of those kind of uh, uh, overlooked uh, little important details. Right. Yeah, well, we just solved a major problem. We, we've <laughs> got about five minutes left, and I wanted to uh, uh, get us to talk a little bit about uh, symbolism, you know, particularly Catholic or Christian symbolism in, uh, in, in, in flowers and vegetables. I, you know, I know that... Uh, I, th- I think a lot of this stuff comes out of the Middle Ages because just about everything had some sort of a symbol to it, uh, animals and plants. I think in particular the uh, time was one that uh, was a symbol of virginity, but that's the only one that comes to mind. But, Don, can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, the most famous one, uh, I'm sure, is the lily. You know, of course, we talk... Uh, Scripture indicates lilies, lilies of the field, and, and of course the uh, the nice white lily has been a, a symbol of resurrection and uh, linked to Saint Joseph. And many, you know, the lily is probably one of the the most dramatic and fun uh, symbols. Uh, you know, even the Scripture even talks about dried grass and mustard seed. I do get a kick out of it when it talks about, and of course, you know, everything can't be taken. You know, literally, when it talks about mustard seed being the tiniest of all seeds, well, actually, uh, they must not have had begonia seed yet, because that's <laughs> dust-like. <you know>? Oh. <laughs> so, so, but the Bible doesn't mention begonias. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's yeah, fascinating. And it is, uh, it's interesting, too, how, you know, Scripture does indicate, you know, it mentions plants, and uh, yeah, many of those types of things were, were linked uh, very much. And I, I noticed, you know, in reading, like, Jane Austen novels, um, there was a time in history where a man would give a woman certain flowers, and she knew exactly what those certain flowers meant. 
they, you know, they were a message, the flowers themselves. Yeah. Or the color of roses. There's a whole mm-hmm. thing about roses, which we associate with St. Therese, the mm-hmm. little flower. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did look up a little bit on, on the, the lily and St. Joseph, and there's a tradition why a lot of times you will see St. Joseph holding a staff with lilies. And the, the it's legend. I'm not saying that this is what the church necessarily teaches, but uh, the legend, as I understand it, was that... Uh, there were uh, eligible young men as suitors for Mary, and they decided they would do uh, some sort of a test, and they each were given a staff, and St. Joseph's uh, bloomed lilies, and that's how he was chosen to be the spouse. Well, yes, uh, St. Joseph is actually my patron saint, my middle name, so yes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm well familiar with the staff turning to lilies. Okay. Yeah, what a wonderful tradition. I'm sorry to take your story. I should have let you do that. <laughs> well, until you mentioned it, I, you know, I, I, it, it hadn't come to the forefront. Yeah. So I thank mean, you for bringing it up. We pay you guests so much money, we might as well get our monies without <laughs> well, letting you I, do the I, talking. I, I, no, I, I got a joke or a riddle I can use, so now that's, oh, that's paying up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we gave it to him. Oh, okay, yes. that's right. <laughs> Are there any other—I always think of— um, you know, certain flowers in our Blessed Mother, are there particular flowers named or that, that are a symbol of Mary? You know, uh, none that come to mind except, you know, in uh, many of the famous paintings, it seems the lily is so mm-hmm. so traditional, the beautiful white lily, and, you know, that's a... That, that's a wonderful, wonderful flower. Uh, by the way, you know, when we talk about Easter lilies, if you've got an Easter lily plant, don't throw it out. Plant it out in your flower bed. Uh, they will oftentimes come back, and you'll get a bloom again in September, so we can enjoy the symbolism of the Easter lily again. Oh, I know our parish has them out for the taking already, some that have lost their, their blossoms. So, yeah. They can. That's thank you for that advice. All right. Yeah. So everybody out there, you can go loot your churches when they put the lilies out <laughs> yes. for parishioners to take them. Well, we're we're coming up on a break uh, uh, real soon, Don. We certainly want to thank you for taking time to visit with us today, and I hope we can have you back again. You know, absolutely. To, to, call call contact me anytime. And if my schedule wasn't so pressed today, I would have loved coming into the studio. And so, yeah, call anytime. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Oh, thank you so much, Don. You're an inspiration. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, for those of you who are listening up next, planning on a summer getaway, maybe you should fit in a pilgrimage to one of the many beautiful shrines and grottos in our local area. We'll be talking about one of these during the next segment on Real Real Presence Live. So stay tuned, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. Live. Engaging and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 